Hey Gems, welcome back to the show. Let's not waste any time and jump straight into the topic. Rachel McLeod, LCSW, is a mental health therapist and emotional wellness coach. Um, Through years of successfully helping clients move um, their anxiety, depression, and trauma disorders into remission, she has developed a program that empowers people to skillfully get rid of symptoms and heal. She's also the facilitator of the Facebook group, Releasing the Baggage of Anxiety, Depression, and Traumatic Stress, where she delivers free training on leading interventions that work well for getting rid of symptoms, not just coping or managing them. Her mission is to empower people to do their own healing work effectively, safely, and skillfully. So we're going to have a, an episode, you know, that's really straight to the point. Y'all know that I like to keep it brief, but filled with action items and nuggets that you're going to be able to take and turn into, you know, progress that you can make starting today, whether it's getting in contact and connected with Rachel, uh, joining her Facebook group, learning more about how she serves and, you know, tapping in with her different channels and whatnot, um, or being able to have some things to think about and take into your own therapy sessions or, or throughout the week to help you to make progress. So I'm really excited to have this conversation. And I'd really love to know, like, what is it that led you to doing this work in the first place? Oh, gosh, my own mental health crises. Um, that's really what got me here. Uh, I have, I come from a family with lots of trauma and, um, I thought I was fine and that I had escaped, but really I had several mental health crises. One of, um, one of which I, I really had obsessive compulsive disorder really. And then the underlying problem that was under all of that was complex childhood trauma, complex PTSD. And so, um, gosh, I had my last big mental health crisis when I had three children under three, I had just turned 30, uh, gosh, and I could not move mentally, emotionally, physically. I could not solve basic problems. I had insomnia. I was storing jars. I was doing all these weird things. Um, cause just, and I was stuck in codependence and, um, I just was suffering. And here it's like, I'm an educated woman. I, <laughs> I, I'm successful. I'm like a division one athlete. Like I, and I just could not function and I couldn't figure that out. And, um, this woman handed me an intervention called emotional freedom techniques. And, um, I used it the first time on my insomnia and I fell right to sleep after two rounds of using it, which took me not a minute and I never had that problem again. And I was like, what is this? Because I had been a therapist. I had done talk therapy. Um, I was bad at it. So I kind of quit. Um, <laughs> I went off pouting about how this is terrible. I can't believe I have a whole degree in this. And um, But after using this intervention and then really getting myself healthy and well, um, ending panic attacks, um, making them stop altogether, getting myself out of this codependent relationship, um, learning how to have boundaries, I, I just... I was like, I, this is a real thing. <laughs> this little thing here um, is really real. And so that's really what led me here. I, I ended up learning more interventions. I wasn't very open to more interventions, but 
there were some popular ones in the United States. And I was like, this would be good for my business. But I already have one that's rocking awesome. So, you know, I don't need anything else. But let me go to this interview. Let me go to this training. So I go there and it helps the brain and it helps the I was getting the same results I was getting from emotional freedom techniques, a little bit different. But I started using EMDR. And then I started taking a training in thought-filled therapy. And and um, I I was like, all of these things are good. Like we're getting rid of symptoms. We're healing. We're resolving disorders. And and then I ran into um, some interpersonal neurobiologists and they explained why it's working. And it was the first time that it really made sense. And so I dropped all therapy things. Like I dropped all counseling. I'm not a good counselor. <laughs> Do not take marriage advice from me. I could turn your marriage into a dumpster fire, you know? Um so I, but I was like, I'm getting rid of all this stuff. I'm just going to help the brain complete its healing process. It has a natural process. It gets blocked for a very specific reason because of a specific part of the brain. I'm going to help get that part of the brain to come along the healing journey and stop blocking it and help people complete the healing process after a trauma or after early childhood trauma or with the symptoms that are coming up in their life to help their brain do the healing work that it's actually trying to do. And which is actually why we have symptoms in the first place is because the brain is trying to run this process that is actually blocked. And so that's all I do (laughs) is really help unblock that process over and over again, as many times as the brain needs support. And I actually help rehabilitate the brain's ability to um, do that process without as much support, right? Because it should be doing these processes on its own. Um, and we can help it to get there and, and build that ability back in. So that's that's what got me here. I, I had no idea I would uncover all of these things. Uh, I just really wanted to get rid of my symptoms. And then I was curious to see if it would work for other people. And then it did. And then I was like, can we take down a whole disorder? And we can. And then I was like, can we do it faster? <laughs> You can. So I actually. Oh, no. Yeah, You sound like a true scientist is what I was going to say. Like just the progression. <laughs> yes. Um, and that's really, um, I, I started realizing I could do this faster by teaching people the interventions instead of being the one who knows the interventions. What if I teach them the interventions? And then what if I give them specific homework that needs to be done, but doesn't need to be done in the office? Like. And then what if we, I have them do this a specific number of a time uh, between sessions so that we're not just working one hour a week, but that we can amplify this because their brain, the more symptoms you have, the more work there is. And the brain can do this stuff very fast. It's just hard to get into a therapist's office as often. I'm not trying to see anybody that often. Okay. Um, but I, my clients will, will um, I encourage people to do two hours of work a day. And, um, and because if most people have more symptoms than two hours per day, but two hours of supporting the brain work through and resolve the the symptoms is, is plenty and wonderful. Um, and a stretch for many people, some of my therapy clients really, um, take a different, a slower path and that's okay too. Cause we're still, I found that it takes about 120 to 300 hours of specific and targeted brain work using these interventions to resolve a disorder and mul- even multiple disorders. Um, of anxiety, depression, and traumatic stress. And so um, knowing that I t- I'm up front with that. And so I'm like, if you, the more homework you do, the faster we get out of here, <laughs> you know, and you have to find the right pace for you because it, it going faster or harder is not, um, does not mean you're going to get faster results really. So, um, 
so anyway, and you can kind of tell this stuff and I try to explain that in, in a lot of the work that I do um, so that people can find the right matches. But with my coaching program, that is a very intensive program. Everybody who signs up for that does the two hours per day. They're ready for that. I qualify to see if they can handle that because I'm not trying to waste anybody's time either. Um, and so, yeah, that's so I do this both in coaching and in therapy. And um, yeah, that's how that's how I got here. And that's what I do. Wow. Yeah. It makes sense now looking at like, you know, some of the benefits to listening to this episode, right? Like reasons why someone may not be getting actual symptom resolution results, even though they've been in therapy for years. So there's people who have gone to therapy, like since they were a teenager and they're still dealing with, you know, some of the same issues and wondering like, and starting to think, is there something wrong with me that this isn't resolved or like, is therapy not helpful for me, you know, or what, what is it that I need to be doing or focusing on to be able to progress and, and really finding, like you've mentioned, for those who are able to handle it faster paths to being able to live your free and authentic, you know, true life um, and not feeling held back by anxiety and depression and the traumatic stress. Um, and so I love that you mentioned all of those things. What do you think, you know, or what kinds of symptoms do you feel like people still have after years of therapy, coaching or self-help that keep them from, you know, being able to kind of complete that healing process or maybe the last lingering signs yeah. before they do this work with you? Yeah. Um, you know, the last, some of the most subtle signs that um, there's more work to do or is um, just being blocked in areas of their life. They really want to uh, find a life partner. They really want to be kinder to their children. They really want to um, go back to school. They want to take a promotion in their job and they can't. And they're like, I don't get it. Right. Kind of how I was like, I, this does not make sense. I should be living like this and I am stuck. Um, that's a really great sign um, that, that it's time to look under the hood and look within and see what's going on. And usually because the brain's job is to make um, the programs, the subconscious programs to walk into those places and rock it like that's its job. If that's not happening, your brain is having a hard time accomplishing its mission. Let's help it out. You know, um, some other signs and symptoms can be big ones like panic attacks, um, avoiding people, fear of leaving the home, um, racing thoughts, insomnia, difficulty falling asleep. Um, there, gosh, there's so many of those ones. And then there's just all the avoidance, the procrastination, feelings of overwhelm, um, and just general dissatisfaction and feeling like you're cycling through life and you're just changing the cast of characters, but the same problems keep showing up everywhere you go. That's mm. a great sign. Um, your subconscious mind keeps working to resolve issues by putting us in similar situations. It's like, if I just do this one more time, I'll figure it out. And then we'll get those missing pieces. We'll get this thing processed and we'll be able to move on. No, if that process, if that healing process is blocked on, let's say, um, feelings of worthlessness, right? We need to get all that, all that worthlessness that is stored within you and the body keeps hold of that, keeps store of that. Um, there's memories where those beliefs were, were contained and maintained and created. Um, and um, we have to get all of that material, that subconscious, energetic, emotional, mental material into the part of the brain that can actually release this stuff, resolve this stuff and move on. And, um, and so 
that's, those are really great times as well. So to really know that, um, that this is the work, the blocks, the limitations, the frustration, um, sometimes even giving up on your dreams, right? Going backwards, mm. like just, it's easier just to not even try huge red sign, right? That is not how it's supposed to work. And that's just shows that the brain isn't able to help you do what you want to do. So those are some signs that I notice. So you had mentioned, which I think is a lot of what I hear for common denominators, avoidance, procrastination, overwhelm. Do those go together or like what would cause someone specifically to, for their brain, let's say, or for their, their body or their person to, to lean toward avoidance, procrastination, overwhelm. Right. So, um, uh, procrastination is a symptom of anxiety and traumatic stress, perhaps even, um, depression. Um, and this is how it works. Um, the survival system in our brain is the part of the brain that will shut down the healing process. If it determines that something is a threat in our environment, um, we're done with processing and we are now in surviving mode and the shift happens very quickly and we don't get a choice over that. Um, that's how our brain is set up. And so when we start to do something like try and get through our email list, our email, you know, the thousands of emails we have, and we start to feel um, heavier in our body. We start to feel um, tension in our shoulders. We start to feel dread. Um, this is happening because there is something about this interaction that your brain has is interpreting as dangerous. And so its job is to get you away from pain. And so it will get you away from pain and it will override every other system you have. Even though you had a goal today, I'm going to get through a hundred or 10, I'm going to a five, you know, um, even though you you have that plan, your survival system can override that plan at any time. We're seeing that same thing with dieting. We're seeing that same thing with um, money making. We're seeing that same thing in marriages and relationships and friendships. We have all these good intentions, but we are going the other direction. And that is typically because there is something that that part of the brain believes is dangerous. It might be wrong. It's usually not. Um, usually what's happening is there's something within there that is that your body and your, your whole system is um, sending messages to the brain about this. And some of those, those are, those messages are registering in the brain as pain. And so it's activating your survival system and you're off and running the other direction. Um, you might be getting distracted. You might be getting, we're going to fight, flight, freeze, faint, or fawn, right? In front of this stuff. So maybe we're, we're agitated afterwards. Um, we tried to open our, our, our email and then we got into this fight mode. And then one of our kids said something, we're like, don't talk to me, you know, and we're snapping at him, even though we don't want to, that's a survival state. And it's not appropriate here. And um, we can really, um, the interventions that we can really, help the whole brain, number one, get rid of the procrastination, but two, shift out of a, a fight state, a survival state, so that you can actually be who you are instead of what your, who your survival system is making you be. And um, these interventions work really well because we're using the body to send the messages to that part of the brain instead of talk therapy, where we're talking is a, is a strategy for the prefrontal cortex, the thinking center in our brain. Um, it uses words. It loves words. That's its whole native language and thoughts. The survival system does not work like that. It does not care. You can talk to the cows come home. You are not speaking its language. Um, once you start engaging your body, 
now we're talking and the survival system responds very, very quickly to this. And so it will get on board with the healing because it's receiving the messages, even though there's pain surfacing, it's also receiving through the body the same message that we're safe, we're okay, we can let the healing happen. And now the whole, all parts of you are on the same path to heal. And because these are electrical processes and these are electrical communications using the nervous system, right? We're sending this, it's, if you get your survival system out of the brain for out of the way for 30 seconds, that's a lot of electrical activity. That's a lot of electrical information that actually is able to land in the part of the brain that can actually do the healing work. And so that really completes that portion of the healing work. And so when that is completed, you'll notice a reduction in symptoms within 30 seconds. You'll notice um, increase in calm in the body. You'll notice um, uh, less emotional reasoning and more objective thinking. You'll notice new thoughts. Um, they can be really small thoughts or maybe epiphany level thoughts. Um, and you'll also notice the beginning of the, of, um, the solution making process. So you notice some solutions um, generating. And that those are indications that, that the path, the healing pathways are open and moving and that information, this is happening and that the survival system did in fact get out of the way and let this stuff happen. And so, um, and that's where we get rid of symptoms. We can get rid of them so quickly. Um, when I used, uh, emotional freedom techniques that first time with my insomnia, it was, it was two minutes at the most. And I never had that problem again. Now, the truth is, is that sometimes the brain needs more help than that. And some, because sometimes it's a big chunk of a problem, a big trauma, trauma that happened, and it needs us to kind of chop it up into itty bitty pieces and feed it through the, like a baby, like you feed, you know, food to a baby. Um, and that gets, can make it through the healing pathways. And so, um, and it, that's huge for the brain, especially when we're talking about complex childhood trauma, where this stuff pain started so early that really compromises this process. It doesn't even get time to practice working well. It's just met with shut down, you know, and so it learn it doesn't get to build the skills of completing its own process. And so we really right now, even even in those um, scenarios, we can with neuroplasticity and the brain changing and all this phenomenal things we can build and, and do with our brain, we can really turn on some beautiful things that we thought we'd never have the things that make us think that we're broken. But we're not we just we just haven't our brain hasn't been able to do the things it can do for us. And it, it's what it wants to learn. And that's why we have symptoms of anxiety, depression or traumatic stress. It's because the brain is actually trying to complete this healing process. And it's stuck. Mm. It's not completing. Wow, I might need to sign up. Um, you know, I think that there's so many people in general, but like women in particular, because that's a lot of who's listening is a lot of women who have gone through things in their lives that have convinced them um, that they're, they are broken or that there is something wrong with them or that they, they can't overcome whatever this thing is. Um, and for you to kind of mention, I thought it was so profound for you to say, you know, for someone to be able to be who they are instead of who their survival system, like who they have to be in survival yeah. is like such a groundbreaking thought. You know what I mean? Because people are thinking this is who I am when really this is like, this is who you are in survival mode. This yeah. isn't you know, necessarily who you are um, once you are able to break through that process that you're talking That's about right. here, which and I use think your is your prefrontal so cortex. And Lee, that survival system, once it's activates, it shuts down the thinking center to about 20%. 
right? So you, you don't even have access to the smartest part of you, the part of you, the only part of your brain that knows how to thrive. That's the part that makes thriving happen. And if you have learned and been conditioned to be in survival mode, or there are things that keep setting you back into survival mode, that part of the brain only knows how to survive. And, you know, we know that it only cares about us. And so it'll cut everyone else up around us and <laughs> abandon everybody. And, and then we come to afterwards when we feel safe and we're like, what have I done? And yeah, we've set a torch to our life in that survival mode. You know, so it's, it's really, it's really powerful and valuable to be able to live from the front of our brain where we've planned out strategies and we've read books and we've built skills and we've trained and, and to keep that online instead of it going offline in these survival states. And we're like, but I wasn't going to do it like this. And um, so anyway, yes, it's, it's really powerful when you can be who you actually are. And that's one of the most fun things about this, because that's really where the relief comes in. When people tell me I was able to talk with my kid and I was able to be present and available for them, I, you know, and I, I've, I've been waiting for this moment, you know, none of us. Anyway, I could go on and on. I do go on and on. <laughs> so, I'm gonna think. But I think when you, when you have had the experience yourself, you said, yes. you know, what led you to this was your own life experience. Right. So when you're working with your clients, you're not just speaking from book knowledge, which is great. Not to downplay, right? Institutional, you know, um, education and and formalized learning. However, I think it's different when you have had the experience and gone through the transformation yourself, and then you get to share that experience and watch other people have the transformation as well, and know that someone who's coming in dealing with something is not going to have to continue to deal with that moving forward. It's like you can't help but talk about it because you know that you have something phenomenal to share and your pathways are open. You've completed your healing. So nothing's getting in the way of you sharing it, right? Because that's the other thing is that there's so many people, and I'm sure so many ladies listening, who have a gift, who have a message, who have a song, who have a book, yeah. who have something that they want to do in the world. But because they haven't completed their healing, they're yeah. not stepping into their purpose fully. And that's holding them back from being able to truly serve and create an impact in the world, you know, starting with themselves that ripples out into their family and their community and, and, you know, all the people that get to interact and connect with them. And so I think that that's why on a grander scale, this is so important. Yes. Of course, it's important for the individual to complete that healing. Um, but because I personally kind of come from a collectivistic lens, I really feel like we're all here and a part of supporting our ecosystem, you know, moving forward. And like you said, thriving. And so every person listening and every person that you talk to, I'm sure has dreams and aspirations of things that they want to do, even if it's talk to their kids, even if it's have more healthy relationships, even if it is to, you know, be a rock star in the, in the workplace or whatever they, the case may be, that they've just been held back from Absolutely. because of that, that those blockages um, in their their neural process of, of completing that healing process. So I absolutely love that you mentioned that. And I think that the only other thing that really kind of comes to mind and sticks out for the ladies listening that I think would resonate is like, why is it that so many people who are like the strong ones, right? Like the strong friend or the strong family member um, in their relationships have difficult times overcoming this pattern so they can 
finally kind of experienced deeper fulfillment, connection, yeah. and reciprocity in their relationships. Like you mentioned, you are you're intelligent, educated, like all these things, you know, on the outside, but maybe internally it's like, who is it that you can go to? Or how is it that you're, you know, I'm receiving the same fulfillment that you're providing for other people? So I would love to hear, you know, what yeah. that would look like, why people have this loop that they get stuck in in that way. Yes. Well, on the most fundamental level, it's not safe to be weak, right? It's literally not safe. Like um, that our nervous system is uh, conditioned to, as soon as we start to be weak, it will activate and send us back into strong mode. Um, the survival system will shit, will turn back on. And um, for me, uh, growing up, this was a conditioning thing. I, I was, I'm groomed to be the strong one, right? Um, if I didn't, I picked up tons of messages in childhood. If I didn't, uh, my family would fall apart. Um, I, so many, uh, so many things. Like I just knew coming out of this that I needed to be the strong one. Many of us are picking up those things as well. Um, many of us are picking up that it's not okay to be vulnerable. Like it's not like to being, our nervous system really will dysregulate when we find ourselves in in vulnerability. And when I say dysregulate, I mean, have panic attacks, um, start um, somatic distress, which is emotional distress in the body, the body's expression of emotional distress. That can be feeling like you're going to throw up, um, feeling nauseous, starting to feel restless, like there's all this energy moving through your body. Um, these things are barriers to us being vulnerable, being um, supported. And they're, um, that's our survival system kicking in saying, hey, 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 it's not safe if we do that. And so really when, we're, when we address this issue, we really address this from the survival system's perspective mm -hmm. and well, why? And we're using an intervention with doing this. And the subconscious mind will come in and say, well, because of this. And all these memories can be pulled up and triggered and we can get all of those through the, this healing pathway so that it, they can be processed, updated, and then stored in a way that really helps us function well. Because these, these things, being the strong one has, it's not something we want to get rid of. I'm not trying to get rid of mine. Uh, we want, but we want to make it flexible and adaptable, which is what healthy brain function leads to. And in any areas where our brain is either being rigid, I will not be vulnerable. I will, you know, or where it's being chaotic. I have my first date with somebody and I spill every single thing about myself on, you know, um, both of those are trauma responses are there. Those are, um, and their anxiety and depression responses. And, uh, you know, that tells us the brain hasn't been able to do what it can do there and that there's information coming up that needs to be processed. It's not accurate and it's blocking us from who and what we want to be. And we help the brain do that work. And with the way I do things, I really, you know, I like to be broad in general, but then I really like to be, to help, like help people lead their brain to do the work they want to do. And, um, and that's really what my program is about. The interventions I teach people for free. I mean, gosh, you can go and get rid of whatever symptom you want. You can use it with money mindset stuff. You can, because this is all involved, right? You got to take your brain to all of these areas of your life. And so you can really start taking intervention and really, um, create so much transformation within yourself. And that's why I like to give, I like to give so many interventions out there because you never know what somebody's brain's going to love. But um, but there are times when that's just not enough and we need to be really specific and targeted and really guide the brain through specific healing 
a specific healing journey, which it also participates in. It's not like it's like, no, it's like, thank you. <laughs> but we, but when we clear out symptoms, we can jump around throughout all of our life. But if we really have a goal, we can really walk the path to that goal and clear out symptoms from there that create yeah. shifts in every part of your life because they all have the same root issues. So we get the double benefit of getting to the goal and doing the healing work at the same time. Oof, that's it. That's what I'll be talking about, y'all. I did not tell her or script her to say that because the way that I mention it is that when people come to me about money stuff is that they're like, oh, I'm, I have this overspending issue. Oh, I'm a shopping addict. Oh, I need to be more disciplined. Oh, I need to be more consistent. And I'm like, that's all well and great. That's all surface level. Yeah. So I can give you the tactical tools to deal with that thing. But until you address what's underlying that, it's not going to change in the long run. And so you really have to dig deeper to go beneath, which is your mindset, right? And what your set point is um, in relationship so that you can reset that set point, your homeostasis, whatever your, you know, normal control is, um, which is going to make everything else dissipate. It's like when you go to the doctor and you tell them you have a cough, you want them to get rid of whatever is causing the cough because you know that the cough is a symptom of a virus or a cold or something else. And so I'm so glad to hear, you know, that, you know, you kind of have that same approach or or mention that as well, which I think is a great way to kind of, yeah, wrap things up and be able to express our gratitude and appreciation for you stopping by. Like, where is it that people can stay connected with you and be able to learn more about how to work for you? Where, essentially, where can I find you? Because I, because I think, I think I want to get, I want to do some of this. That it made, some of the things you were saying just make so much sense where it's like, I've been working at things for so long. And at some point, you have it, it might be that you need additional support or you might need mm-hmm. to have a linear path to success or you might need to try something different and be willing to invest the yeah. time, energy, effort and money people you hear what i'm saying right now you can do all the free stuff you want True. but sometimes free is only going to get you so far hmm. and and in order to really complete that healing process you may have to invest it may be that you have to put your money where your mouth is You know what I mean? To really kind of communicate something to yourself. It's not about you paying someone else. It's really about you, like where your money lies is where your treasure lies. So you investing in a program or getting a therapist or getting a coach or whatever, spending the two hours a day, I'm thinking people are like, oh my God, how am I going to spend two hours a day? That's an investment in yourself. You invest 40 hours a week for someone else. So why would you not invest and figure out how to allocate two hours out of the day for yourself, which then is probably a part of the blockages because people are like scared to go there, right? Yeah. Like they don't want to sit with themselves that long, but that we'll have to have you come back and, <laughs> well, and, and continue that, that chat. Um, is that you, it's not necessarily a block of two hours. It's when you're having symptoms and many people are, are putting in, punching the time clock for anxiety, depression, or traumatic stress for eight hours, 10 hours a day, 12 16. I mean, to, to walk with your symptoms for two hours, five minutes here, one minute there, two minutes here, you know, you won't do it anyway, at least with some tools and get you going, you know, (laughs) one and done, (laughs) you know? Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. Again, I totally agree with you with the investment piece. I feel like preach, um, spending, gosh, all these interventions cost me. I, I mean, my first intervention, I, 
5,000, like 10, I, I, I spend quite a bit annually. Um, but that really one really, it was good and fun, but gosh, the program that really transformed my life and made me like called me out. I spent 11 K on. Yep. And boy, yep. I wanted to quit like so many times. It was so hard. I was trying to figure out how to throw this $11,000 at the wall and just tell my family, well, <laughs> well, we, well, it happened. <laughs> I quit and there goes that money, but I couldn't. Anyway, it was one of the best gifts they ever gave me. So I, I really value that. Um, okay. Where you can find me is at rachelmcleod.com. And uh, my name is spelled like Rochelle. So it's R-A-C-H-E-L-L-E-M-C-C-L-O-U-D.com. And I'm sure you'll have clickables and stuff like that uh, into in the, in the show notes, but that's where I'm at. You can follow me on Facebook. You can watch my YouTube channels. I talk about this stuff all the time. Join my email list. Uh, just And on my email list, I start hand, like the very first thing I do is start filling your inbox with an intervention. And then two days later, another one. And, you know, you get to try these out and play with them and see what they do with your, with your brain and how they help. And if you feel I'm convinced. I'm signing up. I'm signing up. I'm going to get these interventions. Um, I just truly, you know, have to express my gratitude for you stepping into your purpose and being able to start with yourself, but really it turning into a ripple of impact that I'm sure has affected hundreds, if not thousands of, of people that you've been able to work with. So I just have to express my gratitude and give you your flowers while I have you here on the show. And anyone listening who feels, you know, compelled make sure to actually follow through. Don't say, okay, I'm going to do it later. Do it right now. Tap the link right now if you feel called to do so. And literally it will take you less than 30 seconds, less than five minutes to get connected. So at least the browser's open in your phone, or at least you have the page, you know, um, the history so that you will be able to come back to it. Because I think sometimes it's like we have an intention, we have all the good intention of doing something, but then life happens. And then we're like, wait, what was that thing? What episode was it? How, what was she? What did she say about blah, blah, blah? Like, Act while you're in the energy of the experience and watch how it helps for you to progress and grow. And so, again, we truly appreciate you for being on the show. And for everyone listening, make sure that you act on what's going to help you to, you know, make history happen in your life and leave a legacy that's worthwhile. So we will definitely tap in on all of your platforms and we will also talk to you next time, Gems. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the podcast, you have a few options. You can subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to it, and you'll be notified as new episodes are uploaded. You can also leave a review or send me your feedback. Doing so helps me to create content that's relevant to what you want to hear about. And last, you can share the podcast with a friend. Whether it's directly or sharing it on your social media, it helps them to know that you think that this is information that they need to hear about. Thank you.